to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you hit the grades of your dreams at school, college, and university through the science of fast learning and lasting memory, the psychology of study productivity, and the secrets to great exam technique. And now your host, the Cambridge University trained psychologist who's dedicated his life to helping students study better and outsmart their exams, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast. I'm delighted this week to welcome Jessica Shields, a college professor and founder of collegestudysmart.com, where she shares her considerable wisdom on how to be productive, stay motivated and study well. Her teaching has such a warmth and understanding to it, so I knew she was going to be a great guest to bring on the show, and I certainly wasn't disappointed. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation, which covers her top tips for planning and managing your time when you're studying, from dealing with distractions to pulverising procrastination, plus some ingenious tips on note-taking that I really enjoyed. Let's get started. Uh, Jessica, a very warm welcome to the Exam Study Expert podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a huge pleasure. Um, I thought it'd be helpful to start by just sharing a little bit about who you are and where you've come from. Firstly, where did you go to high school and what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up, to be honest. <laughs> I went. Um, I always knew I wanted to go to college, but I didn't know why. So my approach was I went to college and thought, if I can find a course where I want to do the homework. I feel passionate about the homework. Yeah. That's what I'll do. And I just tried a lot of stuff until I landed in courses that I felt that way about. And um, I ended up in graphic design. I did that for many years. It kind of led me to web design. So today my field is um, web development programming with some design tapped in with it, but definitely had no idea I would end up here. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, you've, you've, beautifully preempted a couple of my next questions in other words where did you end up um so perhaps just describe a little bit about more, more about what you what you do today um as well as yeah. the day job perhaps what you what you do on your your blog as well absolutely well i teach full time so i work with college students in web development and most of the students i work with they're working adults so they're going back to school they're managing work and school full time and really i i noticed that most of them don't struggle with the content in my courses. They really struggle against bad habits yeah, <laughs> and yeah. poor study strategies. And it seems like I was having these conversations on constant repeat. And I, I just started to think, you know, who teaches us to study? No one teaches, no one taught me to study. It was all trial and error. And I, I feel like it's the same for my students. And so I thought, what if we had this resource online where I could share these things, the things that I'm passionate about, the things that I'm discovering. I like to teach from my own experience. So I, I like to try things out and just see what works, understand why it works. And so that's where I ended up. Yeah, sounds good. Um when when you're talking about when you're talking about bad habits that you see, what what's the perhaps what's the, the kind of the biggest thing that you you notice that you're sort of oh god I gotta gotta fix that right away? <laughs> you know, probably just being inattentive to habits in general. Just kind of, and I think this speaks to all of us in life. We it's very easy to become reactive. Yeah to whatever is around us and to not take the time to be intentional and consider 
are we doing what we want to do? Is what we're doing working for us? Just not taking any attention to it. So a lot of students I see, they just, they read a book and just assume or maybe hope that it will all magically stick in their mind (laughs) and they'll do great on an exam. And it, it just, it doesn't work that way. So they have, a, I think, just lacked someone to help them see that or even just to examine that they have habits and are they the habits that they want to have. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, let's 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 maybe back up a step. So, one of the things that I sometimes see in in students uh, first is, you know, perhaps even before you get into that stage of reading the book for the first time, just that getting over that initial hurdle of getting yourself motivated to mm-hmm. to actually get down to to work in the first place. What are your thoughts about how we can do that and best capitalize on what drives us to to study and to do well at, at school and, and college? I have so many thoughts on this. (laughs) I think it's a big piece of it. Um, You know, it's the balance of motivation versus procrastination, maybe, right? Uh, I think probably the first secret that no one says is that no one wants to study. No single person really wants to study because to study is to learn something new. And anytime we have something new, there's discomfort involved with it. And so, our resistance to or procrastination is often fueled by that discomfort. Sure. We expect this will not be a comfortable thing, so we don't want to do it and we avoid it. And the longer we do that, the harder it is to actually get started in it. So it's kind of focusing on the demotivating, the discomfort of it that keeps us from taking that first step into anything new. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. The other side of it, um, you know, if we want to find that motivation, I don't think anyone just has motivation. I think we have to seek it out, yeah. but is <laughs> to focus on the other side. So if discomfort is what keeps us from doing something, we have to look for that comfort side or the good vibes that we are after. So for me, that's about not so much worrying about this specific thing I have to do, this book I have to to read, right? It's about thinking about why do I want to do that? What's really the longer term goal that I'm after here? So for, you know, students, why are you in school? Why are you studying? Dream about that future. What do you think it's going to be like when you have this degree? And how do you imagine your life will be? Because that's going to bring up all these wonderful feelings for us. And those feelings that gives us the motivation to take those steps. The motivation is out there in the future. It's not in this book. We're never going to feel super psyched to read a really technical textbook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's the the piece that gets us where we ultimately want to end up. Focusing your focusing on your long term goals and your your drivers mm-hmm. and your your aspirations and and using that to to give yourself a kick in the in the present. Absolutely. And still, sometimes it's not easy. (laughs) Sometimes we just have to take that first step. And, you know, sometimes I will trick myself and say, just five minutes, do this for five minutes, and then you can quit. And, you know, anyone who's tried this strategy will know it's very easy to keep going once you just get yourself started. Yeah, it's it's rarely as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah, never it is. (laughs) And with all the technology we've got access to today we've got youtube netflix snapchat social media whatever incredibly compelling ways to spend our time that's a pretty powerful temptation to have 
on the other hand, uh, you know, when you're looking at the slight discomfort of going and reading your textbook on the other, how can we how can we address that balance and and how can we resist those those shiny temptations? Yeah, it's so hard to do. It's very easy to fall in that internet hole as they think of it, where you yeah. look something up and 30 minutes later you realize you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of things that that I find helpful is to so those things are very easy and they feel very good to do in the short term which is why we we do them. And one thing we can do is just make them a little bit harder to do. So we have that kind of switch in our head and it says, oh, look this up, check this out. We need to make it a little bit of disruption so it's not super easy to pick up your phone and do that. So we can do things like, you know, put your phone on airplane mode so that you have to turn it off airplane mode. Even that tiny bit is enough where you can maybe reconsider. (laughs) Do you really want to do that is important. You know, we can go as far as to turn your phone all the way off, um, uninstall apps that are on there. They make software for desktop computers where you can lock down certain websites for certain amounts of time. So it, it kind of creates a situation where it is harder for you to fall into the technology trap. And if we're being intentional, we want to spend our time somewhere, we have to make that more challenging. So it's not so easy for us to do. So it's thinking ahead and planning for what ultimately do I want to do right now? What serves me best in this moment? And make all that other stuff harder to do so that your studies become easier. Yeah, yeah. Nudging yourself gently towards the thing that you do want to spend your time doing the studies and away from the things you don't want to spend your time doing i love that i think that's that's great and it it brings to mind some some friends i've got they're trying to learn their guitar so they've put a a guitar stand in their hallway and so every time they walk in an hour out of the house they see their shiny nice guitar sitting there and they're like oh yeah 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 i want to play the guitar it's great um and at the same time they've unplugged their games console and put it upstairs so it's less accessible Mm -hmm. in the living room and all of a sudden that means that slight nudge that it's that much harder to go and access the games console and that much easier to access the guitar means they're doing a lot more guitar practice and a lot less console playing than they than they would otherwise and i guess you can do the same with with your study books you leave your leave your book open on the desk the night before at the page you want to read no effort required in the morning to get yourself to reading it absolutely the easier you can make it to get started on something you're maybe not necessarily looking forward to the more likely that you are to actually follow through and do that thing. It's the start. Yeah. That's the hardest part. It's just getting started with something. Yeah. Yeah. No, fantastic. I think that's, I think that's great. But I guess what we're sort of talking about is, is all linked to the idea of procrastination a little bit. Any, any other thoughts on, on, on crushing those procrastination demons and, and getting down to, to doing your work? You know, it, <clears throat> I think it, has such a simple solution. It's not easy, but it is simple. It's always about paying attention because procrastination is avoiding something we think is going to be uncomfortable. And for me, I have noticed this in myself where um, there was one time I, I wanted to record this Facebook live video for the blog and I kept putting it off. I would, you know, I was tricking myself into doing anything, clean the house, organize the store, right? Anything I could think of. And at some point I was like, why won't I do this? It will take me 10 minutes, but why won't I do it? And I was like, oh, 
I'm worried that it won't go well. I'm worried that there'll be, you know, judgment out there about whatever I produce or whether it's my own or others. Fear and of when failure. I had that, exactly, yeah. You can't so fail that, if you haven't done it. <laughs> exactly. So I would just procrastinate. And I find we do that with studying too. We are worried that maybe we have this inner unconscious dialogue that we're maybe not smart enough or we can't learn this. This is going to be so hard. It's going to take so long. And so we let that fear prevent us from even getting started. But when we notice it, I think it's a whole lot easier to, I mean, when I said, holy cow, I'm just worried that people are going to judge me. And I was like, well, who cares? I really don't care. (laughs) But when I just addressed it, then immediately I went and made the video and it was not a big deal. But you know, the two hours I spent not realizing and noticing what was going on was very uncomfortable for me. (laughs) So I guess the takeaway there is taking a moment to stop and say, hang on a minute, why is this happening? Is there an underlying reason why I'm just putting this off? And then, and then calling yourself out on it. Absolutely. And it, it can sound and feel like a terrible thing to practice, but it's, it's actually very liberating to just know what's going on in yourself And then you get to make that powerful choice. What do I want to do? What's most important to me? Is it just being comfortable and avoiding this thing? Or is it going and sitting down and trying to understand something that it's really difficult for me because I want that future? Again, it always comes back to what are we working towards? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great. I wanted to talk a little bit about managing time. Do do you have any particular strategies for approaching how you go about organizing yourself and managing your time, particularly at college and particularly when you're trying to juggle lots of different things um, and and yet you still need to make progress on your on your studies? Yeah. And I really I think it ties in to everything we're talking about too. It's it's about being intentional. What is important to me and what do I need to do? And let me plan ahead for it. For me, my life revolves around being able to plan ahead. There will ultimately be things we cannot plan for. But if we have planned ahead for those things that are foreseeable, it's not hard to manage the last minute things that come up. So for students, it's starting even the very first day you, at least here in the US, we get a syllabus in our courses and it maps out, you know, here are the assignments and the, the major due dates. And then it's taking that and looking forward to say, okay, maybe this is due in two months, but what do I need to do to complete it? There might be 20 small steps I have to take and I've got two months and it's planning to do a little bit at a time. You know, the thing that I like to tell my students is there's no shortcut. If you want an A, it requires a very specific amount of effort. These are the things you do to earn an A. And some students like to procrastinate and wait till the very last minute. And then they try to jam all of that effort into the week before the assignment is due. And it's very painful to me to think about doing all of that work at once, because then you have to put the rest of your life on hold, right? So you can only focus on one thing. But if we know ahead of time, and we often do with assignments, that something is due out a few weeks or a few months, We can take that same amount of effort and we can spread it out over that time span. So maybe I only do, you know, I spend maybe an hour a week on it. That's so easy to fit into anyone's schedule. I don't care who you are. I can fit an hour into your schedule every week to do a little bit. And at the end, we still have done the effort needed to earn the A that we wanted. So it's just about 
would you rather do a little bit at a time or do it all at once and, and cram as we often do for those assessments? I think that's the biggest pieces. Yeah. Knowing ahead of time, I've got to do these things. How do I want to do it? A little bite at a time or, you know, try to eat the whole thing at once. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, the, the temptation to leave it, oh, it's not even a temptation to leave it till the last minute, is it? It's um, just the difficulty to get started and then you end up mm-hmm. leaving it to the last minute and hating yourself for it. Yeah. Um, it's so difficult to, to handle for some for some people. I think you're absolutely right about planning out and con- making that conscious plan, okay, these are the steps I need to take. This is what I'm going to do every week between now and then. And I think it comes with a couple of extra benefits as well, because in taking 20 weeks to to do it, say, it gives you all that time in between all those weeks where you can just be mulling over the problem in the back of your mind. And maybe you come up with some really great creative ideas when you're off on a walk or in the shower or whatever that you can really use to, to kind of pep up that that project and really, you know, stand out and shine compared to to the rest of your peers. And I guess the other thing is just if you're leaving it all to the last minute, it's it, it's pretty risky, right? It's <laughs> like, very risky. <laughs> if you leave it to five days and it ends up being seven days, you you you're in for a pretty painful period. Um, or you know, if you if you're if you're ill or have a family crisis or you know whatever. And when you're when you're planning your time, are you uh, are you using any particular kind of tools? Are you a, a sort of paper planner, or do you have any particular digital tools you you like? I am a digital person. I love technology. I'm always on my phone, my computer, I have a tablet, you know. So for me, I use Google Calendar as my system. And then I use a to-do list app that I kind of merge the two. Um, but I, I don't think there's a perfect system. And I, I think really it's about just the thoughtfulness that goes into it. So I think anybody could pick up any things. I know some people I've talked to, they just resist the idea of technology and they love the paper planner and it's perfect and can work awesome for anyone. Um, you know, the other thing that I, I thought about with what you said was the side effect of sort of cramming at the last minute too, is that it, it doesn't help us in a cumulative fashion. So if we are thinking exams and maybe we have a midterm and we cram for that midterm, that knowledge is in a very small section of short-term memory. And we're going to take the test and then likely forget most of it. Because if we want it to ever become long-term memory, we have to have that repeated exposure to it. So we're actually doing ourselves a disservice. You end up studying even harder for that next exam because you crammed for the first and then you have to relearn all of that for that next final exam. So it's one of those things where, again, it feels like maybe it's the best option, but it hurts us in the long run and ends up taking so much additional time. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably a great moment to talk a little bit about uh, planning for exams. Do do, Do you have any specific advice for we call it revision in the UK. I think mm-hmm. you guys call it reviewing in the U- US. Um, but whatever, that process of the final study, when you've got a big set of exams approaching, how you kind of plan, what, how you're going to spend your time on the different topics to make sure you're, you're ready come exam day. Yeah, um, I, I think it largely depends on different courses and different topics. I know even amongst courses I would teach, I would approach it just slightly differently. But I do think that one of the most important things is scheduling regular time to just do that type of review. So it's a balance between 
learning new material, right? We always have the next assignment, the next lesson, but also taking the time to look back and reflect on what are the things that I have previously learned, make those connections. And it's just a matter of planning that regularly, you know, Every other day, I think, is an awesome way to do kind of a cumulative review like that because it, it spaces it out, which causes your brain to have to re-remember things, which is very important, and it gives you that repetition. So over the long run, you are going to be much more likely to remember things. So for me, I don't think of special exam you know, study strategies or study planning because if you're doing the work throughout the whole term and you are regularly reviewing your notes and going over the things you previously learned while also learning new things, studying for final exams should be pretty painless. I mean, it shouldn't feel like a hard thing to do if you've done the good habits leading up to it. Yeah, no, no, that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. Just before we kind of leave exams alone, any tips for handling handling the pressure when it gets to exam week? Oh my goodness. It is the pressure. <laughs> and kind of like we talked about with um, motivation and procrastination, it, it's largely a mental game. When we're taking those tests, It's we can psych ourselves out a lot and kind of follow these negative trains of thoughts during a test. You know, you, you see the second test is questioned as you have no idea what it is. And then you, your mind goes into a tailspin of, oh my gosh, I can't do this. This test is impossible. I'm never going to pass it. Right. And when we follow that train of thought, we're not doing our best work. We're not going to choose the best answer going forward because we're doubting ourselves at that point. So I think it's, again, it's that strengthen your mental muscle and, you know, kind of coach yourself through it. Okay. I don't know the answer to this question. So let me just like mark it so I can come back to it but I can keep doing this. Let me focus on the things I know and approaching it with more confidence and focusing on the things you know leads to much stronger outcomes than kind of going down the doubt spiral, which by the way is 100% natural. We're all wired to do that. <laughs> so no judgment. I've done it too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. I wanted to talk a little bit about note-taking as well. We are uh, this is some this is not never something I feel I properly cracked when I was a student, but particularly once you get to beyond high school into kind of college or, or university level, I think taking good notes becomes becomes quite important. What's just I was curious to hear your take on that. I do think notes are crucial and there's different ways we can take them that I think can be helpful. I know different people kind of personalize this and I think all of study is personalizing for ourselves. You know, one approach, I like facts. So for me, when I take notes, I'm, I'm writing down very short and very concise facts. I don't know this. This was new to me. So I'll write it down because that will remind me I need to go back and work to get that fact into memory. The, the other way that we can take notes that can be really helpful is though to take your notes in excuse me, question and answer format. So kind of pose a question to yourself from the material. Sometimes our text will give us some of those, you know, there might be objectives we can convert to questions, those sorts of things, but then write your notes as the answers to those questions. And where that can be really powerful is when it comes to reviewing. And that's the whole purpose of notes is to create something that makes it easier for us to study and to remember that information from. So when we have the question and answer pairs, then we can 
practice our recall. So I, my notes are probably not the best notes. I take back the facts, right? I think that just like my fact sheet. But then what's challenging is to review from that because you need to practice recall. So if you're just reading the facts, you're actually practicing recognition of that and kind of, you know, this, your comfort with seeing the information, but you're not challenging your mind to remember it. So if you, do these question answer pairs, then you have something where you can ask yourself the question, challenge your memory to recall the answer, and then look to check yourself. Loving technology as I do. (laughs) There's a website that I, I like to use. It's called Quizlet. It's free, and you can take those questions and answers and plug them in, and it will create flashcards for you. You can take it in like a multiple choice format. It will auto-generate these quizzes. So it's a really nice tool if you build it to review very quickly and very efficiently and actually practice the skill or the muscle of recall from memory, which is what we need when we take a test. We we can't recognize it at that point. We just have to recall it. Absolutely. I think that's that's genius. I love the idea of taking your notes and building in, I I call it retrieval practice, that Mm -hmm. uh, process of pulling a piece of information out of your memory out of your brain and thereby strengthening the memory itself like nothing else really can i think that's such a good idea to kind of build that into your note taking as you were saying with those question and answer pairs do you have any other types of note taking strategy you recommend in different circumstances or that be the kind of the, the main one you'd you'd go for i think that works beautifully for a lot of things you know, kind of the other thing that I think can come in helpful is to do a little bit of pre-planning. You might have noticed I love to plan. (laughs) So you maybe have a lesson or a text you're going to read, or, you know, maybe it's a video you have to watch for course, just to do a quick overview, what's coming up, what are they covering here? Sometimes I'll take the main headings if it's a textbook and I'll go ahead and put those down in my notes because I know these are the major concepts and I I need to make sure by the end of this lesson I've covered those concepts. It kind of gives me a way to pre-organize my thoughts and my notes so I know where I'm going to end up. And um, then at the end of it too, so let's say I I do the pre-planning, I work through the lesson, I jot down my notes, and then at the end it's going back and just reviewing over it a little bit. You know, were there things in here, maybe now I see how this connects to this, or are there things in here where I'm not sure how that connected these two topics, and I didn't get the connection at all. They're in the text together. There's probably a connection. (laughs) So it's just taking a little bit of intention before and after the process so that those notes are a meaningful piece. And that would be probably my biggest question when it comes to note taking is, how are your notes working for you? Because if, if they aren't, then they're a waste of time. I love to ask my students that. What do you do with your notes? They'll tell me I've got 60 pages of notes. And I'm like, great. What do you do with it? <laughs> <laughs> they don't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then there's no point. So it's what are you going to get out of it? How are you going to use it to go to that next step? And there's probably tons of ways that I haven't done it. There's no right or wrong, I don't think. It's just about improving on things that aren't working for you and looking for the next strategy. I think there's some. I think some great, great tips in there. I think that's that's really helpful. Um, certainly would have uh, upped my note taking game when I was at uh, when I was at college with with some of that. That's that's excellent. Well, look, I think we've covered some fantastic ground. Were there any other sort of tips or hints you wanted to to, to leave people with before we wrap up? You know, my 
my approach in life and my approach with my students is always ask yourself, is what you're doing today working for you? And if it is, keep on, keep doing what you're doing. But if it's not, if there's something that you're unsatisfied with, what's something new you can try? Let's not keep doing the same thing over and over for the same result. Let's try something new. And and that's where I'm always, I feel like evolving and I'm a big experimenter with, with new ways of doing things when I want a different result. And sometimes I try things and they bomb. They're not the thing for me. Sure, <laughs> sure. But always I find something that is. And I think if you always have this approach of just let me improve 1% today, 1% better than I was yesterday, you're going to always end up where you want to be. You'll always get there. It it might not be as quickly as you want, but always you will get there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's a great great piece of advice. Um, so look, I I always wrap up by asking guests if they were able to go back in a time machine and talk to their sixteen year old self in the schoolyard. What would you say about what was to come? What, what piece of advice would you give, particularly the sort of studies and academic side of life to to come? You know, I would probably tell myself to just relax <laughs> and that there is no right or perfect path. I, I always placed a lot of pressure on myself to do the perfect thing. I'm very much a recovery perfectionist. And okay. I always worried about, am I, am I making the right choice here? Am I choosing the right university? Like, my life would be terrible or wonderful based on that decision, right? And it's, it's not. I, in wisdom, I think I'm able to look back and see that I never foresaw ending up where I am today in any aspect of my life. <laughs> and things don't often go the way that we imagine they'll go. And that's okay. There's no perfect path forward. Just follow the next thing that feels right to you and that aligns with your values and you'll end up in a good place. I think that sounds pretty good to me. Um, well, look, Jessica, thank you once again for, for, for the conversation today. I think there's a lot, um, certainly a lot I'll, I'll take away from this, and I'm sure a lot of people listening um, will say the same. So thank you for being so generous um, with, your, with your thoughts and your, your tips and, and strategies. Um, if people wanted to find out a bit more about you and, and what, you, what you teach, where, where could they look you up? Yeah, check me out online. My website is College Study Smart, C O L L E G E, study, S T U D Y, smarts, S M A R T S dot com. Um, I post new ideas on there pretty regularly, and there's a, a nice growing community of students kind of banding together to improve ourselves. Sounds fantastic. We'll, we'll put a link, link to, to your website and uh, to the other resources you mentioned, Quizlet and, and one or two other things in the, in the show notes. Once again, thanks ever so much um, and hope to speak again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. This was lovely. And thanks again, Jessica. Do check out collegestudysmarts.com for more great stuff from her. And I've put that web link in the show notes. You can find those show notes in your podcast app or over on the Exam Study Expert blog at www.examstudyexpert.com forward slash Jessica. We touched a couple of times in the conversation on the science of how to learn. You might remember we talked about concepts like retrieval practice and spaced learning. 
We didn't have time to get into this in too much detail, but you may be interested in a guide which breaks down exactly how to learn information for your exams using study techniques like these that science has proven to be far more effective than the techniques that the majority of your classmates are likely still using. Even if you're already familiar with principles like retrieval practice and spacing, I often find that students don't apply the principles very well in practice and make mistakes which cost them study time and ultimately marks. So if you've got exams coming up, make sure you grab yourself a copy of the Learning Science Guide today uh, over at www.examstudyexpert.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for tuning in today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Please keep sharing the podcast with your friends and look forward to having your company again next Tuesday. Until then, wishing you every success in your studies. Thanks for listening to the Exam Study Expert Podcast. Remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review for our show in your podcast player.